more of that good stuff. Uh, it's Thursday at one, and so that means it's between two femmes. Sadly, my femme in crime, uh, the lovely Mabali Malloy, is not with us today. So it's just me, Aspasia Karras, and I do have a fabulous guest, Lucilla Boyens, who is the... Um, what CEO. are you? The CEO. I keep on wanting to say, are you the director? Um, oh, the Big dog. Well, I can be anything. The top dog of SA Fashion Week. Yeah. And it's very exciting because we're going to chat all things fashion. But first, we have the women's news. And I thought we would start with this. And so, this week, we had Oscar feminist speeches on equal pay, which was terribly exciting, of course. And then, um, well, terribly exciting because, you know, we women are still grossly underpaid, aren't we, Lucilla? Mm, not always. Not always. Oh, well, I mean, but I'm hoping the that time. the CEO of SA Fashion Week is not grossly underpaid. <laughs> but essentially, up to 25% is the research that has shown uh, women are underpaid. So anything that um, gets us some parity will be fabulous. And then there's been a scandalous trial afoot in Paris with Lillian Betancourt. They call her Madame. And she is the basically... To the tune of 40 billion euros, the heiress to L'Oreal. And this lady has reached an advanced age and has been sitting in her, one of her various chateaus in the countryside, slightly out of the, um, loop. And her, her family has been, and, and all her servants, I might add, have been to court because they feel that like a large, it's the affair, Betancor, and they feel that a large proportion of her wealth has gone into the wrong hands, including a photographer who got about a billion euros worth of cash over the years from her, mm. and at some stage became her sole heir, which is quite surprising. And anyway, so I mean, this has been going on. This is, I wonder what that was, but this has been going on for, oh, this has been going on for a while. I can hear you. <laughs> and next, it's, it's very hard to do the women's news without the lovely Mabali so that she can interject with um, opinions. So please, Lucilla, feel free to Thank tell you. me your feelings about, um, uh, you know. Well, the I wanted to say that photographers have got away about them. Don't uh, they? Clearly, he did. Yeah. He did. And so his partner, also some um, fella, is also up. For trial, um, and and at some point the politicians also got involved. Apparently, they'd paid some money to um, a previous incumbent. It was all very exciting, but um, the the argument is that she's lost. She's got she's sunk into dementia mm. and has no control over those billions. Such a waste, isn't it? Fortunately, the photographer is no longer the heir. <laughs> <laughs> and her daughter is. So can you imagine? I mean, when we're talking about that kind of money, it tells you what the 
the cosmetics industry is exactly. all about. Exactly. Which I find pretty surprising. Uh, another story that I found terribly exciting. And you know, we'd like to throw in a spot of sex in the women's news. Apparently, sex improves with marriage. Not immediately. The research in the archives of sexual behavior <laughs> that came out last week. I never knew there were such archives, but there are. Um, apparently showed that, well, predictably, sex goes through a bad patch in marriage. There's the boredom, etc., etc., and people stop wanting to shag each other after the initial sort of throes of desire. But subsequently, at about 50 years of marriage, <laughs> sex at, at 50 years, if you can hold up that you long. Just hang in there. Hang just, in there. Just hang in there. Yeah. 50 years, yes. you're going to get some fabulous yeah. sex. Yeah. You're going to get your sex on with your <laughs> ancient husband. <laughs> anyway, that's all very exciting. And your So that is if you got wife. married at 10. <laughs> well, 50 years down the line. At about, maybe if you got married at 20, at 70, things yeah. are going to start looking up. If yeah. you got married at 30, at 80. <laughs> so this is like, yeah, no. this is sex for the advanced uh, population. It's really quite lovely. And actually, I was reading that in all those like sort of retirement villages, there's um, hot sex going on. Hot sex and the incidence of HIV is up no. because they're all just like, <laughs> no. I promise you, shagging each other witless. And now the proof is in the pudding. They actually have proof. Um, and I thought to end on a good note. Well, not that that isn't a good note. This is hope, people. If we're all going to live into a ripe old age, um, the fact that our sex with our spouse will improve is magnificent. There is hope yet, but the black mambas, these are the first group of um, women who, uh, about 26 of them, who are patrolling the Kruger Park, the greater Kruger Park. They are the first group of patrol, women patrol, women only patrols. They were basically the brainchild of one of the sort of um, scientists there who said that essentially they were clearly having no luck with the old school patrols, the rhinos as we know are under <laughs> serious duress. And what was happening is that the local community was viewing the rhino poachers, a lot of whom were coming from the local community. They're not just foreign sort of crazy Koreans and um, what are they, Vietnamese? Mm. Um, they're also local people who have been sucked into this thing and they've been viewed as kind of the heroes of the thing, the Robin Hoods uh, in the community. So what they have done is taken 26 jobless high school graduates, women, all women, trained them intensively. Incredible. They don't, they're not armed. They just sort of wander around on sort of, you know, those big <laughs> armored vehicles. <laughs> And they've had zero incidents in the in the Greater Kruger Park since mm. they've 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 deployed them about seven months ago. And in the neighbouring parks, there've been twenty three killings. So you have to um, really look at it and sort of see well, what can be done. Yes, and the joy if that, of it, if you want to do it, you can do anything really. Right, exactly. And so yeah. the joy is that these girls are being viewed um, as superheroes in yeah. their in their communities. Mm. They're creating job opportunities, and they're actually changing something fundamental. So I was like, that is some brilliant women's news yeah. coming from South Africa. And now we're going to finish with our little ditty. 
if I can work it out. We've got Duncan on hand. That was the woman's news. Um, and now we're going to head into our main uh, subject matter. Thank you. Thank you so much for participating in the woman's news with me. I didn't really participate. You I mean, did, I was just, just sitting on the sort of on the periphery. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, Lucilla, you are an icon of the South African fashion industry. Firstly, you know, I was like Googling your name and, and, Hardly an article out there does not mention your fabulous hair, which is the iconic hair. How did you come upon this like particular hairstyle? Well, um, it happened a very long time ago. I um, there was a model that um, with the name of Glenda Heads. In fact, um, Heads a model agency still exists, and she was this fabulous model, and she had this red hair. And I watched her walk the runway and I thought, wow, you know, this is really incredible. I've always wanted red hair. Why don't I just go for it? And when I stopped modeling myself the very next day, like I decided this is it. This was the last show I'm ever going to do in my entire life. That very next day, I cut my hair completely short and I dyed it red. And um, I've never, I've never not had red hair since, since that day. So what was the original color? My original color is a, a sort of a reddish brown, yeah, a red, well, like Albany brown. Yes, this is fabulous. Just yeah. the other day, no, I, was I also feel maybe, very good in it. You know, yeah. No, it's it's a signature yeah. look. I was thinking maybe I should just cut all my hair off and go platinum blonde. No, primarily for the the grey. The grey is what gets me. No, I, you know, I think I think if you if you make a hair change. You need to understand that it. You, you need to stick with it for a while. You can't now, the day after, think, well, let me go grey or let me go black. You know, you want to go blonde, go blonde by all means, but stick to that. Then I'll stick to it, yeah. 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 But I think, I, you know, I've got this look now. Yeah. I've been with yeah. this look since my early youth. You see, if you have a look, if you have a look, what it's going to, it's not going to say, um, uh, like it says when you Google me, Lucilla Boys, and this is what she's all done, blah, blah, blah. It says Lucilla Boys and red hair, you know. It's amazing. That's That's why I've thought this is what we, every single article about you concludes. (laughs) And the iconic red hairstyle. So I was like, well, let's start there with the iconic, I mean, because quite frequently we have, uh, debates on the show about hair. And, um, it's, it's, it's core to women's, uh, perceptions yeah, of themselves. Yeah. So now, I mean, you did like sort of touch upon the modeling and I actually, we may as well go back to the very beginning, to the moodling years. <laughs> Tell us a bit about, uh, the moodling. You know what I love about your story is when you were telling me about being a fit model, because like, I don't think a lot of people know they, they have this idea of modeling as, you know, you're in front of the camera in a show, uh, you know, in a shoot, yeah. or you're on a show on the catwalk. But the fit model is a very yeah. specific. Yeah, that is really a perfect. So it's a perfect 34. So um, if you, um, uh, She's I was still never a perfect 34. People, just I was, saying, I was not. I was never tall enough to really be a brilliant model. And um, how tall? How tall would you say? 
Well, at, at least five foot eight, five foot nine, five foot nine. If you want to be a runway model, really. For those girls like me with the the sort of working in centimeters, what is that? Uh, one nine, one ninety five. I think. Ah, that's tall. Eh? Yeah. So you have to really be t- because clothes must look always looks better on a taller girl and mm. and 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 a skinny girl because if you get photographed, you photograph. Two sort of sizes t- bigger than what you actually look. So I was never really good enough to, to be a, a runway model. And, um, but what was good for me is that I had a perfect, um, sort of sizing. So mm. I could go from point place to place and fit all the samples. And, and so that was really a great learning curve for me because I learned, I, I learned what happened. Yeah, backstage, behind the scenes, you know, I learned, um, what happens in the cutting room, in the design, in the design, um, room. And I was, you know, I was quite incredibly naive because I came from a farm, went into school teaching. So it was very protected, was very protected in Pretoria. Okay. On the other side of Pretoria, on the eastern side of Pretoria. And, um, I, um, yeah, you know, I was very naive and I, I worked with this huge Jewish firm and it was, Hilarious because <laughs> I would sit in there and I so loved what they were doing. But because I could not understand their accent, it was hectic because I used to stand and they, they really liked me. So I got sent all mm. over. But half the time I didn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> so I would run out, stand outside, look through the window and ask one of the models to uh, to tell me <laughs> what they were saying so I could actually go and do it. But, you know, at, um I, I remember people like Mr. Pizer, um, you know, they played such a big role in me and in, in the, in the forming of my initial, um, manufacturing and mod and, 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 um, yeah, making of garments, uh, thoughts that I had. But here's the terribly sad thing. I mean, those big sort of manufacturers, a lot of them have closed down. I mean, that kind of, and, and that is like really. Yeah. Just yeah. a travesty of the last, say, 20 years yeah. in this industry. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, especially I also believe that we had to almost go through that transformation and that we in the beginnings of starting to build again. For me, the sadness is that we've never kept the knowledge. Mm. The knowledge is lost. Somebody was telling me that there is one person who can make pleats and who actually understands the pleating. pleating. Yes. Thing. Yeah, like, so I mean, pleats are quite a—they're not a complex thing, but they are—they do require a certain skill. Yeah, well, everything in fashion yes. requires a huge, huge, a master skill, actually. Indeed. And if you don't have that master skill, and then then your garments are never going to be a master. It's always going to be like not not exactly perfectly right, um, and that is why. You know, when Clive came back, Clive went to, um, this is to Clive Randall. Clive Randall. About. Sorry, I went, um, to, um, Anne Chappelle, which is, uh, she's the owner of, um, Ander Mielenmeester. And, um, and so she, so this fantastic Dutch design. Exactly. So she, um, took Clive's whole studio to Antwerp to, to and, and they spent three months with her. Oh, wow. When was this? Uh, um, it was in the beginning of last year. Was this something and that you organized? No, no, no. It was, no, um, no, um, Anne, um, Anne has a relationship with, okay. we all met Anne Chappelle when she came out for Clive to, 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 but you know Clive, Clive, 
really, I think Anne absolutely fell in love with Clive's talent. And so she decided to, to take the studio. And coming back, they can now all do Mastercraft. And master, and you can see it in his collections. I mean, everything is perfect. And that is what we need in this country, you know. That is what we've lost. And that is what we need to, to, to rebuild. But we're getting there. So, after modeling, moodling and deciding one day, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. What happened? I started producing shows. Because um, because of my school teaching background, mm. I knew how to do a concert. You must understand a concert <laughs> I can do, and uh, you most certainly can. <laughs> yes. So you know. So then, I, and I loved that bit. I loved learning about the lighting in a concert and the sound in the yeah. concert. I mean, at one st- a stage at my house, I had a, my own sound studio. So I mixed my own sound. I did all of those things because I couldn't find the sound in the country that I really wanted. So, um, yes, so then I started doing production and and I started doing fashion shows and I, I, I literally worked all over the world. So I've done amazing shows all over the world until I started Fashion Week and then, of course, that stopped. Yes, because you had to concentrate. Focus completely. On, on, on. Uh, completely. Just the one thing. Developing. But, yeah, exactly. But although I won't ever get that amazing show you just did last year for Woolworths. Yeah, well, that was. How was that? Please explain yeah. to people who well, might have missed it. <laughs> well, I think, um, what was great about Woolworths is that they came up with, um, a set. They came up with, it was a combination. Everything did not yeah. come from me. It was a team mm. that work, worked on it. Um, and we always got an incredible artistic team and amazing um, um, art director called Michael mm. that really, really did it. And, of course, Shida hits all of this. So, you know, you must understand the strength really came from that. But within that... Yeah. I could do whatever I wanted to, you know, and that was really fantastic for me. So I had a team that carried me and, um, it was a, a complete, a, a white set. It was, um, um, a full f- sort of six meters high and 24 meters wide. And it had a ramp that, that came down from right from the top all the way down. And then we took the models into the audience. So we lifted them and we made the audience part of yeah. Woolworths, because that is really what, what in essence, what it was. It was making the consumer part of the Woolworths miracle story. So, yeah, and it was we we, I could fly the models from wherever I could. Yeah, had, because that uh, is like a you huge. Know, yeah, it's like you do it when you do it inter- international production. When you do international production, it's exactly like that. Um, in South Africa, we are really uh, very restricted when it comes to the budgets for shows. People mm. don't really understand how much shows really, really cost. And um, how much does it cost to put on an average show in South Africa? Yeah. Well, I would say just a very average show um, would cost round about four. 100,000 or 500,000 rand, and that's not even expensive. I mean, I can tell you now, you know, if we're talking about shows, you know, a show like, for instance, the the, the show that you've just referred to Mm. is would probably cost as much as what I spend on Fashion Week for the whole year, you know. So it's all relative. But, yes, you can. Internationally, the shows are hundreds of thousands of euros, um, because it's the models you're paying for. Yes. You're paying for specialist, exactly. specialized lights and sound. Well, and I tell you, I sat, I, I mean, I've sat in the haute couture 
and just your mind is boggled no, by the there's no there's no restriction because the money comes back you see the money gets made they make the money so let's talk a bit about that because so the 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 Fashion industry complex or whatever. I mean, we're in the throes of international fashion weeks now. People are about to move to Milan. Mm. They're just finishing the, off London. Yeah, the fashion circus has started. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> um, describe a bit of what happens because I think there's a combination of factors that goes into a successful fashion week. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that um, internationally, the most important thing is that every designer in the first place has a team that has come with him, mm. a marketing team, um, a production team, an artistic team, a creative team. So, you know, uh, by the time you can show at an international fashion week, you really, really have to be something and you have to have the money to prove that you're something unless you, you're a young designer or you get a bursary or you get something else. But otherwise, you know, they take it. Business is really, really very taken very seriously. And, and so from the concept, so, so before a, a designer like, for instance, Carolina Herrera mm. starts designing and I'm going to tell you this, whether you believe it or not. Um, Francois, uh, which is, which is her head designer, actually researches, um, and puts out there what he wants to do for the season. That then gets put together mm. and it gets sent storyboards. They print, uh, three meter fabrics. Um, a whole thing is written up on the rationale behind <coughs> the, the scene. The idea. Exactly. The and, and then that gets sent to Anna Winter. <laughs> and Anna Winter, when I was with, I'm um, feeling that I need to be at the, yes, at the no. receiving end of yeah, no. so, <laughs> people's so, mood boards. So when I was there, um, the the uh, two or three seasons ago, um, Albertus, my yes. very, our very good friend, we've Albertus, had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. He took me to the, and and, the and Milliner, I was there based in yeah. New York. I was there that day. Him and Francois, are very very good friends, yes. and 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 he was in a complete test because he said Anna sent back all these things to him, saying that the the four leaf clover, which was what he based it on, has been done. So he had to start completely from scratch all over. Oh now goodness. just think of that level in in this country. I can tell you now, the South African Fashion Week is on the 18th of March. Some designers haven't even started designing. And I think that is the problem. That is a huge, huge thing. People think you can be a designer, um, today be in college, tomorrow be a designer, and or they think you don't have to do business. You can actually just have a fashion show or, you know, they have, they don't have that culture and that understanding of how incredibly important it is. Exactly. Um, I think we're going to take a small song break because um, we should. Good idea. Jump from SoCal, Hollywood to the slums, chronic smoke get burnt by the California sun on the west side, east coast where you at, just got to New York like a net on a jet to London, to Brazil, to Quebec, like the whole damn world, to Quebec, to Ferg, tell them, lay back, slow down, better represent when we come to your town, lay back, slow down. 
slow down. What you represent when we come to your downset? Get in with the business, I'ma be there in a minute. I just booked a Paris ticket, thinking about you need a visit. I'ma run it to the limit, and me on my way to Venice. We're back. Um, and we're chatting to Lucilla Poisons, the CEO of SA Fashion Week. And we are asking what all things fashion. And I have a question from WhatsApp, uh, from Gloria, who wants to know, would you pose naked for Marie Claire? Well, I must say that I really, um, I look at all your, your naked issues. I think it's absolutely fantastic idea. And I absolutely loved Adele Blank. I thought to myself, how wow, how amazing is that woman and what she's done for South Africa that people don't even know in the dance, on the, in the, in the dance sort of department. Mm. I mean, people. That was last year. Yeah. She's like the best kept secret. Um, I don't know if I can take my clothes off in front of cameras anymore. No, I don't think so. I mean, I used to be a swimwear model, so I'm quite happy, you know, wearing swimwear, but I don't think it's for me. So uh, I'm going to miss that one. Please say yes, I can. Yes. Well, I'm going to just, you know, pester you now Sorry. that she's put the idea in my no. mind. Thanks, Gloria. <laughs> and Palesa wants to know, how do you balance your work-life um yeah i suppose it's the 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 question that um a lot of uh, people in powerful positions get asked um i think it's very important that you do balance it because if you don't do something for yourself it gets to you eventually so um the things i do for myself is i cook i spend time with my family and and that means my brothers and my 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 nieces and my not just my very close family I spend an enormous amount of time with my husband we do fantastic things together when we have the time which is literally for coffee in the morning and going out for dinner whenever we do and I going see, to the I movies see, I clock you there at moments yeah yeah Frequently. so we do and you so we grab Are those you moments on, like building up that sexual rapport for yeah, when no, you both hit no, the we, 15 we don't have mark. to do that yeah you oh. see we only got married five years ago so you're okay <laughs> you're yeah. still in the first uh, your first five flash. years the first yeah. flash the yeah. That's yes, yes, but um, yes, you know. And then, of course, I ski. I I do a lot of. I, I love snow skiing. It's it's really an amazing thing for me to do. It's one of the things that that I really feel I'm doing for myself. And I I travel. You know, I travel at a dot, drop of a hat. But what I do is I always combine some work action with travel. So I never. I've I'd, I've never been to the beach on a holiday. I don't I don't know what really? that means. No, I think I went. So despite the swimming modelling. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not a, no, it's funny, isn't it? How life is, brings you these things. But, but yes, and, and I do yoga, you know, I do yoga and I, and, um, that's my life, you know, and, and fashion has really become my life in a, in a sense. And, and I love it because it changes all the time, you know, it's not like. Well, exactly. Having it's such a nine job. I was, um, reading an article about the New York Fashion Week and they were mm. saying, I mean, it was violently cold. Yeah, always, Outside. always in, in, in New York. <laughs> there were a number of women, you know, the style star, blogger, fashionista, fro types, um, who were walking around, you know, bare-legged in a sandal, mm. basically indifferent to, to the challenges of the weather. And the article was saying, well, in fact, that's what's happened to fashion. It's mm. become seasonless. And absolutely, do you, do you and 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 
and also it's seasonless plus it's also almost um, trendless. So although, and if you look at years ago, there were incredibly strong trends and oh, really? everybody wore the same For instance, thing. the same thing. You had to have that or otherwise you were not in fashion. Now, everybody can, can be, still be in fashion and, and be completely individual. And that is a very nice movement. That's a very, and it's going to be even more like that because what is happening is the consumers are not buying. And I mean, although the mass market will always be there, but the consumers are becoming more interested in buying something that's smaller batches only for them. They can identify with it. And the SMMEs, I think, are going to come, come not not to, uh, tomorrow or next year, but do you know what I mean? That yes. I've seen that individualism coming through since 1999. We've become more individualistic, so we want things so for in ourselves. In a way, that kind of almost makes it an advantage. Uh, like it's a very good advantage for South Africans. Oh, of course, we're already there. We've we actually there. are so making we small batches come of back. things. We must just stay here, you know, so and just develop that. Describe to me the difficulties, let's say, that a young fashion designer does face. Say they want to show on Fashion Week. No. Would you advise them to do such a thing? The difficulties start with education. Okay. So a designer that is the first thing is that if you for instance we were at the shoe at the sh- at the shoe um talk uh, last night and the one girl was saying what um, is the shoe talk rohana what what was it it was it arts on main you know oh, i'm okay. like you i also don't know it was arts on main and i i um chaired a a, a a panel a panel and she was saying that um she had to leave the country to study about stu- shoes she could not she could not there was nobody here that could teach her. And I really think that that, um, in essence, is our where our problem starts. Because on all levels, whether it's machinists, whether it's cutters, mm. whether it's graders, whether it's quality controllers, whether it's whoever, um, um, merchandisers, um, sales staff, there's, nobody's educated in fashion. So if you want somebody, you've got to take them and teach them from the beginning. So with Lufthansa, mm. when we did that partnership with Lufthansa, it really afforded me the opportunity to take some of the South African Fashion Week girls over to the Berlin Fashion Week. So I was Fashion Week, Fashion Weeking, yes. yeah, and nobody that worked with me actually has ever been to a Fashion Week. So the knowledge that I had to transfer transferred to them had to be on every single level and whenever a new girl came in mm. on board I had to start from scratch again because there's no basic knowledge in other countries they already know it's like fashion journalism you don't have to criticize and say you don't say this this is not a key word for fashion they already come with that with all those words and all those things you know and and, and education is really a challenge and then the second thing is that um the the the, the young designer. So when you finish studying mm. at, at, um, London School of Fashion or St. Martin's, St. Martin's. St. Martin's, you, you get internships and you intern, 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 intern until you have grown so much that you can then become your own fashion designer. Here you come out of college and you want to be a fashion designer and, and there's not the, it's not the opportunity for you to actually go to a place where you can get such incredible, exciting, stimulating, um, fashion knowledge that to die for. I mean, can you imagine, um, how, yeah. what the opportunities are that are, that are in, out there in the world? I mean, it's absolutely incredible, but we don't get it's that. true. Yet. I mean, Steve is like almost a second. Well, he's asking you, um, on WhatsApp, 
are South African, on my chat, sorry, <laughs> are South African fashion schools doing enough to equip students for the industry? What is lacking? Well, I think they are doing enough because that that's it you know that's what they know so mm-hmm. they they they're following the syllabuses they're following all these things but can you imagine st martin so we've met with two with with um um oh and their names have, have jumped out of my head but she, this girl is a professor yes and she's teaching she's a lecturer at st martin's and she's a professor pr- professor of textiles and she knows everything but she doesn't only know everything about textiles she knows everything about art she knows everything about movies she knows everything about about life she, you know so, so maybe it's the depth it's the depth it is that in the industry and perhaps a history in the industry that people it's a combination of everything that we always need to kind of get greater a greater skill set into our fashion school. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and attract and them. <laughs> exactly. And it's not easy. It's you not know? easy. And you know those teachers, you must not think that those teachers, uh, the lecturers out there are not absolutely trying their best and giving their best. But, you know, they don't travel. So, you know, we, we're far away. It's not their fault that they're not traveling. But... It is really like that. I mean, I want to know how many lecturers out there has been to New York, has been to London, has been to all the art galleries, because art is fashion, all the fashion exhibitions. I mean, and I think as soon as, I mean, these fashion exhibitions are also unbelievable. I I saw the um, Jean-Paul Gaultier uh, when I was in Melbourne. What a spectacular thing to see. Incredible. Immediately, just that experience. Yeah. Gives you such a depth yeah. of knowledge. So we saw that in New York. So it shows you that it also travels. Do you know what I mean? And and we in, in South Africa we get nothing. I must travel, and it was that that is like such a powerful. It's what you're saying. Yeah. It's a powerful statement. But in a way, what is happening is that the eye is traveling now. We can all With just sit at our yes. desks. But you know, there's yeah. So fine. Like let's say they've graduated. Now yes. they're. Internship is actually the next step. Yeah. You would say. Yes. I would definitely say that. So they need to learn because they don't learn anything about business or very little. They have to get the experience. They have to make mistakes so that they can learn by their mistakes. Even um, quite sophisticated members of the fashion community, I know for a fact, for example, were showing at this men's fashion week. With no forethought to, okay, how am I going to produce this thing? Yeah. How am I going to now so sell what I've now made just to That is so beautiful. But yeah. how am I going to actually translate this into yeah. a business? Because that exactly. is essentially what now, this is. Now that will happen nowhere else in the world. Nowhere else in the world would somebody that is not a fully fledged designer already successful have the opportunity to show at, at an event that calls itself a fashion platform. So when when young designers come to you, obviously there's the young designer competitions, which yes, are a fantastic great. platform. Right. And then they must be in business already for five years, right? So we don't take the them straight out so of So they're college. not newbies no. when they enter the young no. designer. No, they cannot. They okay. cannot be. Yeah. Because I think that this is actually how you go about building an industry. A sustainable industry. Exactly. Because I think that's the point. It's not it's it's one thing to do a fashion to, show. But quite another to actually run years. a business. Yeah. I've done the I mean, I used to do all the big shows in South Africa. I'm not the only one that did it, but I did all the big shows. And nothing happened after a fashion show. So now the lights go down and nothing happens. It's only 
nobody sells, nobody talks. It's like, come, let's do a fashion show. So useless. And you know, when I started the fashion, the fashion week, it was such a fantastic thing. And I had to change my, my ideas around, you know, who I thought was good. And I had to create a platform where a designer, if he or she felt that they were good enough, could show. Uh, and not for me to make that decision. So we never choose anybody. I don't get on the phone and say, hey, I'm doing a fashion week in two weeks time. Can you please come, come, I'll give you a free slot. You mm. know, I don't do that. This is for a designer to decide whether they think their business is good enough so that they want to use fashion week, the South as African platform as a marketing platform, because that is actually all it is. Now, obviously overseas, they're, they're like all sorts of people who sit and watch the the fashion week whatever yes. the fashion everybody show. almost yeah but certainly the key people and yeah. are the buyers yeah in fact there's two fashion weeks in some places like in Paris where they'll actually show two sets of uh, the same show and the one is for the media and the customers the clients and sort of the celebrities yeah. and so the, the second one is like one, a salon a salon. Thing yes. they do just the buyers, just the buyers, yeah. and that is a very powerful. Yeah, that is actually see, that is the what trick. it is. <laughs> that's 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 what it should be. A fashion week shows to media the buyers. Actually, that's it, finished, because that is it. That's the business. Once those lights go on, they trade billions. Yeah, billions. It's I've like a stock exchange. It's yeah, amazing. It is. I've never seen anything like yeah. it. So Why I was at the Chanel show? Yeah, and not only do they trade. Immediately, like there is, it is like a stock exchange, yeah. but there's also a buying frenzy, which yeah, is completely people go out, they've watched the show, and now they're just shopping at that Chanel store yeah. on the Rue Cambon, the original one. I went there for lunch immediately thereafter, and I was yeah. like astounded. I could not actually. Yeah, it is about that. It's not about a fashion show. I've done the fashion shows for years in my life. If I tell you, I, I don't need to do another fashion show to make a brand look important. You know, you, you can't. You can't do a show for a, for, for a. In terms of building a business skill, um, you do actually support people because you, you've created this partnership. Yeah, absolutely, with we do. And you have that fantastic pop-up shop. Yeah. And we have 900, over 900 boutiques that we've researched personally, the, yes. the Fashion Week, that are interested in buying South African designers. We did not have this four years ago. Yes. So it's a they fantastic resource, in fact, that you can actually, you can use the marketing platform exactly. to translate it into a business. But you actually, is that the bottom line? Is that what you're saying? We need to actually... If you want to be a fashion designer, you have to have a business plan. Yeah. You have to have a business mind. You have to, you have to find a way of taking your talent and turning that into money. And if you yourself can't do it, then you probably the need a partner some kind with of a business partner, a business person. Mm. Forget I mean, about the ego. Think about then the money and how you're going to actually make your dreams come true by combining. And I think that that is a, that is a big, also a big challenge because the designer, they, they, they want everything for themselves. They want the glory for themselves. They, and I'm not saying everyone, please, mm. it's, I'm not generalizing, but, um, the moment there's real business happening, a financial partner and, and the, and the designer forgets the ego. Very good example of this was locks and culture. Oh yeah. Locks and culture 1D, um, 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 had, um, 
partnered with a company that is actually doing incredible things for they him. They are doing magnificently yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, that is a very and successful South African And it's not, not like they didn't go through through a lot of problems. I mean, they had a lot of problems, but but they didn't walk away from it. They understood that if they could just get through it and 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 develop it, it. It could be something that is really fantastic for, well, for South Africa. It's also kind of like if you think about Yves Saint Laurent and Pierre Berger, without Pierre, exactly, you would not have had. But Yves Alexander Saint McQueen, it's yeah. all, all of, all of it, really. You know, uh, it really is all. There, there are very few houses where the designers are still the in uh, um, owns the actual house. So if you had to give. Say one word of advice to those young people out there. Yeah. What would you say? Well, they mustn't lose their passion and they mustn't lose their weight. Their weight. They can, yeah, don't lose <laughs> don't the weight. Don't lose the weight. The, don't the, the hope. God, weight is like such a Sorry, no. subject don't, on a fashion talk. <laughs> don't, don't lose hope. Okay. And research, research, research because you need to build your business because your talent comes from yourself, but your business you have to learn how to do the business. Exactly. Now, that's excellent advice. I am now going to do something very funny with you. Well, it could be funny. Or it could be, um, which is essentially, we ask all our guests, not all of them, the ones who are a bit like you, to tell us about, to answer a few like key questions. If only I could find the key questions. This is me frantically searching the back of the book. The back of the book. <laughs> I'm finding a good recipe. Here are the questions. Here are the okay. questions. Um, you have to answer them quickly, Lucilla. Because yeah, that's, I try. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't want to dilly okay. dally. Okay. But they're like, you know, what is your greatest fear? I can't say. Ah, good. Don't, don't articulate it. Is that what you say? I cannot say it. Okay. Don't say it. Don't say it. What's in your handbag? Ah, oh, in my handbag, fantastic things. I've got a Comte de Garçon, um, purse. I've got, um, I've got a Tumi bag. I can show you my handbags. Always full of fabulous things because it's like my trick bag. I have to love it. I've got my pen, um, which is a Mont Blanc pen. I have tissues. I have my lipsticks. Fabulous. What is your color? Uh, this is not in the questionnaire, but oh, what is your favorite color? Um, it's a color. I always, you know, I wear I know. the same color. That's why I'm um, asking. It's, Hmm, I can't, it's a rimmel, I don't know what, but it is one of the rimmel colors. If your house was burning down, other than your family, obviously, what are the three things that you would take with you or try to save? Super fast. I ta- I'll take my, no, you know me, I have to think about this. I'll take um, my photographs, um, I'll take um, my best books, uh, I will not take any clothes, I will not take any clothes. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Those are things I'll what take. What are your best books? Just as a well, subset of no, questions. Uh, my best book is my latest book on Vivian Westwood that I'm uh, reading. You know, I'm I read fashion read things. Book. Yeah, it's really fabulous. Who do you admire and why? Well, I admire you because you're very outspoken and you don't let people put you off. And you say what you say and you're very honest at all points sometimes. So oh I really goodness. admire, <laughs> I, I admire that honesty in a, in a person. Um, I, I, um, I admire. I admire my husband actually because I've, I, you know, he really needs sort of like, to hang in there with me. I don't think I'm easy to, to, to be with. And of course, I've always admired my mother. 
I don't really admire a huge amount of people, yeah. I must tell you. Yeah. Oh, good. Judging them. I am. You know, my mother-in-law said to me the other day, I mustn't be so judgmental. I said, I'm not judging the person. I'm just judging the one thing that he does wrong. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. Um, what character trait do you most despise in others? Dishonesty. And in yourself? Um, um, insecurity. Okay, this is the six zucchini we're moving on. Describe yourself <laughs> no. in five words. I think I'm a very good friend. I'm loyal. I'm honest. I'm, um, I am very quick at doing things. I'm quick at, um, um, quick at, um, um, understanding things and I make decisions very, very quickly and, 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 and in my opinion, very accurately. On the yield. Was that five? That, How many that was, was it? Good. That was good. Sometimes people struggle, struggle with the five. Um, I'm also good with money. That is that is a mm. very good quality. You have to, to be have. good with money to work with fashion. We get the budgets we're working at. <laughs> but I'm good with money, yes. Your old bucket list question? Oh, you know what? I just what I want to do in my life, I want to travel travel, 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 travel. I want to see things. Uh, is there a specific country that you're just dying to see? You know, not really. You know, I, I am um I'm Really a very open traveler. I've been to most of the countries and most of the continents. Um, and, and I'm always amazed by the people that are there and the, the fact that every country has got something super amazing about it. And you know, you cannot say we live in the most beautiful country in the world. You cannot say that. <laughs> it's for you, the most beautiful country. It's a very personal thing because every country that I have been to have been incredibly beautiful. So yes, for me, traveling is, if you ask me, and I wanted to climb Kilimanjaro, but I couldn't find somebody to climb with me. And you know well, those. I like challenging. I will identify things. some Kilimanjaro. No, but you must girls be careful because I must do the casting, huh? I must. Choose. Okay, no, 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 yeah. no. It's tricky. So, but yes, you know those types. I we like could physical do a fashion things. Kilimanjaro. Yeah, we'll we'll work on our like sort of serious like sort of. I always say we should. Um, oh, I want to speak Italian. You oh. see, it only comes to me as you know. You know, I. I'd love to be able to speak Italian properly, yeah. How do you want to die if you in had a say sleep. in it? In my sleep, when I'm not too old, to dream. Ah, ah that's a good qualifier. But and and where you can have like good sex. <laughs> well, no, I think I don't know. If you, I don't think you think of that that very moment. Yeah, uh, but, are you yeah. a feminist? You know. The, my, the feminist side of me comes out incredibly strong if I'm threatened. If anybody, and you know, I check myself. If I sit and nobody, there's nobody coming up for and, and something wrong, I can become a feminist and at a drop of a hat. But normally, if I'm just me, I don't need to defend women. I don't feel I'm, I'm, you know, I had three brothers. I, Absolutely respected by everybody, all the men around me, all my life, really. So, but goodness, don't say anything wrong because I'm going to be right, right there to defend whatever I have to defend. Fight my fingers <laughs> off for women if I have to. <laughs> well, even if I don't have to, I'll just, you know, when they're threatened, I will f literally fight my fingers off. As long as you don't bite them off when we're stuck no, at the top so, of Kilimanjaro and I'm feed so us not gonna fight one by one. <laughs> 
Have you been up Kilimanjaro? No. Yeah, but you've run miles and miles yeah, and miles. Marathons. I haven't been up Kilimanjaro, so maybe that's a challenge that maybe we can take take yeah. together. Do, will I make the casting? Yeah, yeah. Please make the casting. I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> you'll have no, to make, you'll that make call. the casting. Yeah, of course you'll make the casting. Uh, thank you so much, Lucilla. It's been so much fun chatting with you. you. Oh, one last question. Um, what do we have to look forward to at SA Fashion Week, which is coming up, like you said, in March? It's the 18th of March from the 18th to the 20th and people can buy tickets. Remember, we don't, uh, we don't sell a lot of tickets, just a few, so we're not snooty yeah. about it. But you know, for me, it's always remembering it's new. Everything you see at Fashion Week, and I think that's why I also do it, because everything you see is new. You must not think you sit next to that runway and you don't see something that has never been. It it might have been seen in a different form before. But in South Africa, for that designer, it's the first thing. It's the first thing new. All the new designers are fantastic. All the designers that are selling to all the stores are. You know, I watch every single show from the back. Yes. And I love it. I love It's like gives me a high to see how well the designers have done. Stunning. I'm looking forward to it. And what, you mean you're not going to run a marathon somewhere? <laughs> I'm always running marathons <laughs> during know. Fashion Week. But no, no, I've like shifted yeah. it now. Oh, good. I'm going to run a... Now, we've shifted Fashion Week to for suit For me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and now when they start sending me their, their mood boards ahead yeah. of the season, then we'll know that we've changed yes, no, Okay, I'll, I'll arrange that. I'll arrange that. <laughs> oh, no. They'll have to send it to Sharon, I think, our yeah. fashion director. She yeah, you know, we're now di- working with the editors. I mean, yes. you know we had that fantastic meeting with the editors. It was so. a very good one. Yeah. We have to wrap it up. This has been another fabulous edition, if I dare say so myself, of Supreme Fashion Talk for the last hour. It's Between Two Femmes. Next week, on Thursday. Please join us again where I hope Mubs will be with us. Bye. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com.